0: Today, I'm going to be breaking down the numbers for a show I just played with my 18-piece orchestra at Crooners Lounge in Minneapolis. Let's get to it. Daydreaming today. Welcome to How Musicians Make It. My name's Adam, and I'm your host. Today, we're gonna go under the hood. We're gonna talk about how I booked the gig, what the deal was that I made with the venue, what I told my band when I made that deal, how I promoted the show, the final numbers on the show, and my takeaways, things that I learned, and all that. So here we go. All right, cool, I'm gonna start by how I booked the gig. So they recently changed over people who are booking the shows there. They've got three stages there, and they will often book two bands against you which we'll get to but it's a big job for whoever is booking the the venue and previously it was a friend of mine Andrew Wallish, who is a awesome singer and has t- took a job elsewhere and now it is uh, somebody else who I'm not going to say her name on the podcast just because I don't want her getting like a million emails asking for gigs <laughs> But she's awesome. She's a really an amazing musician. Comes from a really awesome musician family. Now, we sold tickets at $25, VIP tickets for $30. The venue takes the VIP ticket money. I think fans of mine probably buy those tickets thinking that the VIP tickets, will the money will go to us. So I'm not super pumped about that in particular. There's other stuff I'm not super pumped about, but I'm not super pumped about that. I think that's deceiving. I think the band should get that money. tickets. I mean, that's like not a small ticket price. My band's been around a long time. We've done a whole bunch of high-profile shows. We've released high-profile albums. This is an 18-piece orchestra, so this is not a small production. We were filming and recording the show as well, so there was costs associated with that that I haven't even incurred yet. so. So how I booked the gig is the first thing I wanted to start with. Let's do that. I reached out to the person who's currently booking the show. I reached out to her on Facebook, Facebook Messenger. I don't have this person's cell phone number can't, like, text them. I don't have, like, a really well-developed relationship with them, though we have known of each other for a long time, have been on the same festivals. You know, we've talked to each other. So it's not not like I'm coming from a complete uh, zero position here. So I reached out, and I just said, hey, curious if you'd be interested in having the Adam Ecker Orchestra at Crooners over the August 4th weekend. So I had a weekend specifically in mind. That's important when you're booking a show, especially if you're looking at the venue's calendar and you see that there are no shows booked on that weekend yet that's important like if you're reaching out to a booking agent and you're asking or a person who's booking a venue and you're asking to be booked on a weekend when they already have shows they're just going to ignore your email so make sure you look at the calendar before you send an email they may already have something booked and it's just not been announced yet but at least you know from the start that you're not asking for a date that's like been announced on their website We did the outdoor stage last time and nearly sold out the show. I said I'd be down to do that again or the main stage indoors if you're you're down to do it. Uh, We've released four albums, the last of which was released in late 2021. iTunes listed our 2014 release as one of the best jazz releases of 2014. So I'm just giving a little background on the legitimacy of my project. I said here's all the music on Spotify and I, I posted a link to the Adam Eckler Orchestra page. Then I said, here's a video of Jen Song from our 2018 Magnificent Madness release. This one was written in memory of our bass trombonist Jen Werner. The album was released on Rope Up Records. So I, the, again, like just pasting a little bit of legitimacy in there. Even though this person knows me and knows of me, I don't know that she really knows the extent of what I've done. And then I provided a link for them to watch the video and I said let me know what you think ticket price uh, range has been 25 to 35 dollars in the past and so I'm really looking at like I want to sell tickets for a higher price it's a big production it's all my original music we've been grinding this out for 10 years now and we've got a developed fan base Uh, I said thanks I hope you're great and then she said I have August 4th open do you want to do the outdoor stage I said yeah we could do that uh, can I work on rounding up the band before I give you a 100% commitment? So here's the other aspect of like running an 18-piece orchestra is I know for sure, before I sent this email, I knew for sure that my bass player and my drummer were free on that weekend. So I reached out to them, and I was like, hey, are you guys available? And they said, yeah. And this was like a long... I booked this show eight months before it happened. Six months before it happened, maybe. So I reached out early and... And when you're dealing with busy musicians too, that's a part of it. It's like you, you got to lock them down earlier. They're going to find some other gig that pays off a whole bunch more money. And that's why your music's got to be great and you got to be a fun hang and you got to put on a great show because then the musicians are going to want to play your show, even though it doesn't pay as much as like a, you know, wedding gig or something that they wouldn't enjoy as much from a musical standpoint. All right. So yeah, I said, yeah, that would be great. Can I work on rounding up the band before I give you a 100% commit? I know for sure my drummer is good to go. And that's the biggest piece of the puzzle. So I told her right away, like I'm already working on it. Can you give me the, uh, the new door down, uh, the new door deal breakdown info? I want to run some numbers before I estimate pay for my band too. And she said five, seven, nine revenue share. Okay. So 50% from dollar one until 70% of tickets are sold. That's a lot of tickets. If your area is, is big, especially at the $25 price point. So this isn't, this isn't a small thing. And then a 70-30 split until 90% of tickets sold. And then a 90-10 split on the remaining tickets sold. I said, okay, thanks. How many tickets are possible in the Belvedere space? And this is this is where things start to rub me the wrong way. Like, we're thinking 20, 200, 225 capacity, they said. That means, and I know this because I've played this venue before, they can just decide how many seats they're going to throw out there. Depending on the night, depending on the weather, depending on the band. They just go, ah, let's do 225 instead of 200 this time. Let's do 185 instead of 225. I mean, it's like they can do that. And if they can do that, then that moves the needle for me in a, in a negative way, right? They can decide we're going to do 225 tickets instead of 200 tickets, which means 70% of 225 is higher than 70% of 200. It means I got to sell more tickets to make more money, which is, that's a, that was a tough one for me to swallow. Now, I could have, I could have been like, hey, that deal doesn't work for me. Would you be down to try something? And maybe that's no big deal, and I should have just done that. But I haven't played this venue since she took over. She doesn't really know me and what I do and hasn't seen me pack a room yet. So in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to have to work super hard on selling tickets. That makes this much more stressful, P.S. I'm going to have to work super hard to sell tickets to make sure that I can pay my band a decent amount of money. Because it's 18 people. It's not a small thing. I want to make sure everybody's making at least $100. $100. Right, which is like my bottom line. Like I gotta get at least a hundred dollars on a Friday night, which is not enough money. Like that's not enough money. When we played our big release show, I paid everybody like two twenty-five or two fifty when we played a Saturday night, and that was like I had to go get sponsors to sponsor the show. I could break down those numbers sometime too, but I wanted to give you a look under the hood here with what I've been dealing with. She reached back out uh, maybe a week later and said, "How's August fourth looking?" And I said, "We're good." Uh, meant to get back to you sooner. Sorry about that. I had, I had lined everybody up within a, within a handful of days. And she says, what's the name of the show? What's your best email? What's your cell phone? So I had to provide a whole bunch of stuff like that. She said, what would your preferred ticket price be? Which I had already told her, but I said again, and then, uh, I'll hold the spot with your name. I said, the show is Adam McClure orchestra. I said, what my email is, what my phone number is. And I said $25 minimum ticket price. And then I sent my band an email and I wanted to just explain everything that was going on with the show, explain what payment options would be depending on ticket sales. And this is the tough part as a band leader because you want to just be able to say, you know, I can pay you each $200 for the show or something like that. In reality, you know, in in a deal like this where there's no guarantee, there's no like here's your minimum guarantee if you beat this number of ticket sales, then you'll you know then you'll get paid more or whatever which would be nice like that gives me a little bit of security that gives me the ability to tell my band like at least this is what you'll make at least um so I sent my band out some hypotheticals I sent them a long email and I was like I sent them a TLDR at the top like if you don't want to read everything here's the most important stuff but then I said hey we're filming and recording the show everybody that's involved in the show needs to be able to be at the rehearsal because of that It's been more than a year since this band's played. We're working in some new folks in the band. I'm excited to work with you all. Uh, I said to them, and I said, before we get too far, Crooners has changed their pay structure significantly. Now, this is where communication is a big aspect of being a band leader. You want to make sure that your band knows exactly what's going on and exactly why things are the way they are. I've played so many gigs where I have no idea why things are the way they are, and I just like transparency. I like transparency. I want to give that to my band, right? And this isn't like a thing where... It's 18 equal parts, and everybody gets a cut of the streaming and all that stuff. It's not like that. It's like, this is my thing. These people are hired. They're like work for hire from a legal standpoint. Uh, but I very much view a lot of these people like family, because they've been playing in my band a long time. And, or their friends, people that I've played with in other contexts. I said before we get too far, Crooners has changed their pay structure significantly, where in the past I knew going into the show how much the band would be getting paid, they now pay on a five, seven, nine scale based on ticket sales. We get 50% of sales up to 157 tickets. Okay, because they did a 225 cap, 70% of tickets is 157. That's a lot of tickets. That means we're only making 1250 per ticket for 157 tickets. The venue is taken in with 150 ticket sales, something like 3500 $3, bucks, Not counting drinks, not counting food. We got 150 people there eating and drinking, right? Band will be getting paid. They now pay on a 579 scale based on ticket sales. We get 50% of sales up to 157 tickets. Then we get 70% from 20, uh, up to 202. So that's 157 to 202. We get 70%. And then we get 90% 202 to 225. There are 225 tickets in that outdoor stage, I said, which has actually been a moving number, which is maybe one of the most frustrating parts about this whole thing. I plan to play, I I plan to pay out in this manner, I said, even split until we get to $100 per person, including me, 10% to me as a leader fee, quote unquote, once we're above $100 a person, this will go directly to to the filming and recording of the show. So I said, like, look, if we make if we end up selling 200 tickets, 225 tickets, I'm going to take 10% of everything above $100 per person, so everything above $1,800, I'm going to take 10% of that and use it to pay for the filming and recording, right? Uh, and so I said, let's do some hypotheticals. So this is like I'm really breaking it down. So anybody that's really concerned about like where the money's going, is he gouging us? Like there's not going to be any question about any of that, right? It's all it's all plain and dry. So when they accept the gig, they know everything. Let's do some hypotheticals. 150 tickets sold. $1,875 would be the total amount taken in. $100 each. And then $75 would go to me in addition to the hunter. dollars So I'd get $175. Uh, 200 tickets sold. If we sell 200 tickets, you got 157 tickets sold at $25. That's $3,925. 50% equals $1,962. Then you got 43 tickets sold at $25. And that's... a 1,075 dollars 70 of that is 752 so that's a total that 752 plus 1962 total is 2715 10 percent goes to adam that would be 271 and then everyone else would get 135 a person including me so i would end up making 135 plus 271 and that would be like that's where we would get into the to the uh, you know situation where i'm actually making some real money as a band leader like oh cool if i wasn't paying for like uh I wasn't paying for like a film crew and stuff I'm also selling merch so if I make a little bit of money money on merch now I've got you know 400 bucks plus merch in my pocket from organizing the show and driving six and a half hours I mean it's still not enough money really for if we're being like totally real but it's better right and then if we do a sellout then I broke down those numbers to same deal 157 tickets sold at 25 would be 39.25 and then 50% 50% of that would be 19 50. 45 tickets sold at $25. You got $11.25. 70% of thats seven eighty seven, is And then 23 tickets sold at $25. dollars Five seventy dollars 90% of that would be $5.17. So then in the total would be thirty two sixty seven. dollars So the the total we could even make the the best possible scenario would be sell out the show. We make $3,200. $3,267.50. 10% would go to me, which would be uh, $326.75. And then everyone in the band would get 163 37 including me that's not what happened spoiler alert but i said that's what we're working with uh, <clears throat> we once sold 300 plus tickets to the parkway theater and but then i said but i almost lost my mind putting that show together sell out as possible for this but it'll take some magic and that's the truth like we hadn't played in a couple of years like i knew that going in uh, the the big show we threw at the Parkway Parkway Theater in South Minneapolis was like an album release show and I got like schools to bring their students and I got all kinds of stuff. I, I gave people deals. I did extra stuff like when a school brought their students, I went and did a clinic for them. Like I sweetened the deal. I got a guy to seed that show with $1,000 so that I just had $1,000 to work with. And then I had that guy, same guy pay. He used mileage to pay for flights for the two guest artists that I flew in from Jamaica and Boston. Uh, so it was like I needed help to make that show work. And then I did like 1100 in merch at that show. So that, that was like a killer situation. But I, so I knew like, hey, sellout is possible, but it's been a couple of years. There's not a whole lot of buzz. It's not an album release show. I'll do what I can, right? And I will, like, I'll do what I can. Uh, and then I said, we're filming and recording the show. And for this reason, I want everybody to be at rehearsal. Um,. <sighs> I said, this was just an onslaught of business, but I want to say that I'm excited to, to get the AMO back again and I'm, I'm working on some new music and I'll finalize with the older stuff that we're gonna play and all that stuff. So I'm just trying to make people feel excited and, and tell them about things that I have coming up and make them feel like they're a part of a thing. All right. so as a band leader, that's something that I'm thinking about a lot. So how I booked the gig, what the deal was, you now know those two things. What I told my band, you now know that. Uh, Let's talk about how I promoted the show. So from this step, I reached out to people that I know in media. So I reached out to Jazz 88, which is a big radio station, one of the biggest jazz stations in the country now. And Sean McPherson is there. He's uh, part of the great hip-hop band, High Respects, and he's been in radio a really long time. He was at The Current for a long time, which is a really hip like local Uh, taste making radio station in minneapolis and he moved over to jazz 88 and he's totally crushing it and i reached out to him and i just said hey man would you be down to have me on your show and he said sure so we did an interview on jazz 88 the other thing that we did was after my band was booked and as i was like promoting the show a friend of mine who moved to la who originally played lead alto in my big band actually he reached out and he was like hey i'm gonna be in town you know the weekend of august 4th you're gonna be around I'm I'm thinking about booking a show at crooners and I was like, dude, I guarantee you she's going to book you the same night as me because they just book shows against other shows, you know, and that's not. So what that does from a venue standpoint is it splits the audience, right? So if the venue has a built in audience like crooners probably does to some degree, they are now looking at three different shows on one night to choose from. And if your show doesn't say something like a tribute to the old swinging standards or tribute to whatever Elvis or Patsy Cline or some other singer you know if if your show isn't themed those people probably aren't going to choose your show because they won't recognize you or who you are now I have a whole description like fiercely original big band jazz Adam has played with Corey Wong and Dave Kaz and Steve Cole and Young Bud Brass Band and Nookie Jones and has toured all over the world and like all that stuff is there so people know like I'm a legit artist but you know tribute to James Brown sounds a lot more fun than fiercely original big band jazz and it just is what it is it just is what it is so in my mind when you have three show when you have three uh When you have three stages at your venue and you're booking acts against each other and you're doing a pay structure like 579 where there's zero guarantee, you are being railroaded into doing a themed show to try and get more people to come to your show. And I don't like that. I don't like that. I'm not against themed shows. But that's not what my thing is. And my thing is wildly impactful. It's an emotional, impactful experience. People, so many people have come up to me at the end of these shows and said that the show changed their lives. It's 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 an experience, that band. And it's music that I put all of my heart into. And that's apparent. That's there. And you you can see that and feel that when you come to the show. But there's no way to describe that. From a themed show standpoint. So with my thing. It's not appropriate to theme the show. It's not appropriate to theme the show. So that I don't like. I I feel like they're railroading us into doing that. And I don't like that aspect of it. So I was right. They booked Jason Fabus. My good buddy who I've collaborated with. Actually the single that's on my uh, adam eckler spotify page that has like 200,000 streams that was a collaboration with jason and when i found out it was gonna be him we were like hey what if we got creative and we did some kind of deal where if you get tickets to the adam eckler orchestra you can type in jason too and you can also get jason's tickets because his show was just before mine at 6 30 and my show started at eight uh so jason came up with this idea i thought it was a great idea at the very least i was like why not Let's see if we can get some more butts in the seats because people went to Jason's show and then also went to mine, or vice versa. So, if you buy tickets at my show, you can type in Jason too, and you could you could get tickets uh, money off his tickets. Or if you type in if you buy tickets to his show and you type in as Adam as well or something like that, then you would get ten dollars off my ticket price. And there were some people that that took us up on that. They bought tickets to Jason's show and they bought tickets to my show at a discount. I am not sure. I haven't talked to Jason about his numbers. I am not sure if it went the other way around or not. Uh, but I know for sure that at least f- you know, four or six people bought tickets at the discounted price for my show, which is fine. It is what it is, but my show's worth $25. So I was hesitant to say yes to that because I thought, what if everybody just ends up typing in Adam as well and getting $10 off my ticket price and then they're paying $15 instead of $25 when I used to charge $15 in 2008. My band's worth more than that straight up people will pay the $25 ticket price and they did right uh, so that was a part of the promotion that became a part of the promotion I mentioned that on the radio I mentioned that in all of these social posts I was posting on Instagram I was posting on Facebook I was posting on threads I, was, I don't have Twitter anymore because somebody changed my name to Elon Musk and then and then tweeted a bunch about Elon Musk and then they and then they canceled my account and that was like years ago way before Elon Musk owned Twitter so it was so, so weird and I had kind of been on, like, a Twitter hiatus, but I was one of, like, the early adopters, and I had built up a whole big following there, and I had sold a bunch of albums through Twitter, So I and I think there's people on there that don't follow me elsewhere, um, so I was a little bombed. but that's a classic example of collect email addresses because you might lose access to a social site where you've built a following. Anyways, I did a whole bunch of stuff like that. I I also repurposed old material. So I have all these videos I made from my 2018 album, Magnificent Madness. I took those videos and I cut them up into small pieces. And I highlighted the most impactful parts of those songs on social media in reels. And in. I didn't use TikTok. I do have TikTok, but I didn't use TikTok. I probably should have. I definitely could have. Uh, But I was regularly posting maybe once a week. Uh, six you know six weeks leading up to the show, I started doing that. I ran an ad on Facebook about the show. and That was like twenty bucks. So already, I'm spending money on the show. Um, I'm close with other DJs on Jazz88. So like Patty Peterson talked a lot. She's an amazing, amazing vocalist. She comes from a really amazing family of musicians who toured all over the world with the best musicians in the world. Paul Peterson was on How uh, How Musicians Make It podcast not that long ago, maybe halfway through, maybe like episode 30-ish. I have no idea, but it's somewhere in there. Paul Peterson, he tours with like Kenny Loggins and Peter Frampton and he was one of Prince's early protégés in the 80s and that's Patty's brother, you know, and Ricky Peterson tours with Fleetwood Mac and I've played with both of those guys. It's super fun. Billy Peterson's toured all over with tons of different artists. They're all brothers and sisters and they're all incredible musicians, right? Just like all of them are, are like world-class touring with all the biggest artists and actually I played the other night in Burnsville and a bunch of them were at the show Patty sat in and sang a tune it was super fun so I thanked Patty there I went to Patty and I said hey thank you for talking about my show on the air I really appreciate it she talked about it a bunch she played tracks from my last album to promote the show so that definitely helped and then there was a article that came out in one of the uh, papers in Minneapolis that shows my show as like one of the top shows to go to And so that helps too, right? It's like you get all this various different media happening and then there becomes a little bit of a buzz. People buy tickets and I blasted my email list. So I have an email list of about 200 emails from Minneapolis area. I blasted that email list a bunch of times and I promoted it. I I, I think I blasted the email list two, maybe three times total for, for this show two times for this show only there was a third time like when the show was first announced that I was just like, show announced, also there are these other shows coming up. And then I was like, okay, now this po this this email is only about that show. And then I did one more that was only about that show. And it's interesting too when you send those emails because you notice like two, three people will unsubscribe from your email list. It's like, why'd you sign up? You saw my orchestra and you loved it enough to sign up to my email list. Now I send a couple of emails about a show and you say, I'm out. Uh, But that's fine. Whatever. I'm not salty at all about that. So I promoted the show hard. I worked super hard on it. And to be honest, like my level of anxiety was pretty high leading up to the show because you're organizing all these people, right? Just getting 18 musicians in the room at the same time for both a rehearsal and a show. That's a challenge by itself. And then... Being worried that you're not going to sell enough tickets to pay everybody $100 a person. It's like, I got to sell at least 150 tickets. That is not nothing. That is a lot of tickets. And there was a whole pandemic. There was a whole two years where we didn't do anything. So now it's like, all right, I got to get back my mojo somehow. And remind people that I put on a great show without them having experienced it in at least a couple of years. If not longer. So that's tough. So my my levels of anxiety were, were super heightened and I just thought like man I don't want to feel like this like why do I feel like this and I, th- I think a big reason I felt like that was because of the pay structure of the show it's like if I knew that everybody was making $200 a person or at the very least I knew everybody I, I knew I could pay everybody $100 and then it's like my nerves are settled I'm still gonna promote the show it's not like I'm gonna promote- I don't want to play to an empty room I'm still gonna promote the show there comes a point in a career when it's like, yo, I've earned the right to get guaranteed. Like I, you know, you're going to fill this room. So I looked out at the show and the whole place is packed. I mean, it's like almost every seat, just about every seat under the tent, every seat to the left of the tent. There was one little area that's far away. It's like under an overhang, kind of far away, way to the left of the stage that they didn't even have set up to have seated. And it was like two two tables that it looks like employees sit at sometimes to chill. So it just didn't seem like that was a factor. It's like the, the entire place was full. And I sold 150 tickets. So I thought I sold 100 and no, I'll give you the final numbers here. I get a text message on Monday. So they, what they do is they cut a check for the presale and then they cut a check for the after the door sales. Um, and so I got a check for presale. And it was a let $1,152.50, which is not enough to pay everybody $100 a person. So the door sales were significant. There are $687.50 being sent to you for the rest of the ticket sales from your show last week, a total of $1,840. So we just, just made it to $100 a person. Just, right? We just made it to $100 a person at $1,840. We, we've got 18 people in the band, $1,840. Okay, total seats reserved, 143 Total tickets sold, 142 one comp. Four tickets were sold under the promo code. So 121 tickets at $25, 50% was $1,512. Four tickets at $15, 50% of that was $30, and then 17 tickets, uh, we we sold 17 tickets at the 70% mark, and that was $297.50, grand total $1,840, I just said thanks, and was kind, because it's not really, I mean it's like, they decided to create that model because it's better for the venue, I get that, venue's got to stay open, venue's doing great, they're really supporting music in a big way. They've got a bunch of stages. You can book shows there. I don't have anything against crooners. But if they're going to offer that deal for me again, I'm going to say no. Or I'm going to request a new deal or a different kind of deal. Or I'm going to go play somewhere else. Well, they'll give me some kind of guarantee because, because I'm worth that. Uh, it's t- you know it's tough because you can go like, I'm worth that. But it's like, well, you're only worth that if people buy the tickets. Right? Right? you're only it's like what have you done for me lately that aspect of being a musician that's tough and when you're hot and you're rolling and you're like touring and everything's selling out that's that's one thing that's like there's momentum right but when you haven't done it in a couple years it's like you got to prove yourself again so i've done that now i mean we sold almost 150 tickets it's a solid night when there's two other shows against you literally two other shows at the same venue the same night right we still sold 140 some tickets 144 tickets so I feel good about that but I think I will I think I will do it differently next time I was only able to pay everybody $100 per person there was $40 left over which according to the deal I sent to the band went to me so I made $140 and then I sold $295 in merch I brought my t-shirts I brought my posters I have all my CDs so there's three Adam Eckler Orchestra CDs that are physical there's one that's digital only And then I've got a whole bunch of CDs with like my quintet and with my wife's band. I just bring everything because the more stuff you have, the more stuff people can buy. So even if it's a project that's not related to the thing that's playing, I still bring it all. I have this suitcase. It opens up and it lights up and everybody can see all the merch and it kind of attracts people. And then I hung up a T-shirt. You know, I did like the thing that, that rock bands do. I did it for my band. And I told them like, hey, I said on the mic, like, it's not cheap doing this. First of all, like from the beginning of the show, I was like, I'm so appreciative of you all being here. It's so wonderful to see you all. I'm doing this field of dreams thing. If you build it, they will come, right? You never know when you do something like this, if people are going to show up and and I'm just so happy to see you all here. I told everybody that from heartfelt. And then later on in the show, I was like, look, it's not, it's not cheap to drive down here from Michigan. And this is an 18 piece band. I want to make sure these people get paid. I want to make sure that we can pay for our gas to get here. I said, I got all this merch in the back. If you're interested, I got t-shirts. I got all kinds of stuff. So I sold a whole bunch of t-shirts. I sold a handful of CDs. I did $295 in merch. So for me, total, $3, four, 40, 435, 435 bucks $435 total uh, I made on the show. And I had two guys come out and film it. And the, the guy who came out and filmed it is uh, going to also mix and, and master the audio to put to the video so that we can have a bunch of content. And that's gonna cost me around a thousand dollars. So I'm losing. Italy. I mean, and that's like major friend rate, right? This dude came up, with like five camera angles. He's gonna edit everything and mix the audio and everything. And he was like, he was real. He's like a close friend, really good dude. Owns an awesome studio. I went. I got to see it last time I was in Minneapolis. Let's just the last couple days. I was in his studio. And he's given me a major friend rate and I told him like, look, if it ends up being way more, you gotta let me know because dude, like this is too much. And I want to work with you again. And I don't want you to feel bad about these projects. Like you should get paid for your work. So we're going to work that out. It may end up being more than a thousand dollars. It probably will probably be 15, 200 2,000. I mean, 1500, 2000. Uh, but that's the price you pay to have a whole bunch of content and to be able to kind of build some more momentum and then book another show that pays more money. Right. And that's the whole idea is I like keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Sometimes you're going to lose money. Sometimes, you know, you're going to have to pay to get the content, the high quality content that you want. And that's essentially what I'm after here is like, I want really nice looking stuff. I want stuff I can show theaters I want stuff I like I want to be able to show people like look this is the kind of show we put on look at how many people we got here it looks totally full in that space like the camera angles look awesome so that's a price I'm willing to pay And I, and like I get that like depending on the stage that you're in as an artist that may not be feasible right i have income coming in from other things i have income coming in from other music i'm making i have income coming in from teaching i have income coming in from our airbnb in our basement it's like i'm doing all these various different things so that i can continue to plug more energy into my artistry and plug more energy into my thing and so that's what we're doing so i'm not disappointed by the final numbers but i'm not i'm also not satisfied with with all of it if you know what i mean I feel good that we we put on a great show. I feel good that we got great video, and we're going to release a couple full songs probably, maybe as singles, maybe just on YouTube, and then I'll, I'll have a whole bunch of clips that I can post that will feel great. The other thing that we did with Jason, who did the show at 6.30 before our show, is I sat in on his show at 6.30 during the 6.30 set, and then he came up and sat in with us. During the 8 p.m. set, so that was a part of the promo too. Was like, look, we're gonna have a guest artist. I'm gonna sit in with Jason before, so like, go see his show. He's gonna sit in with me, um, and that's fun because Jason used to play in the band, and we went to the University of Minnesota together, and we've known each other for a really long time. And he's he's totally crushing it. It sounds amazing. So that was a really fun aspect of like the promo part of the show. And you know, in the end, like my takeaway. You gotta have merch to sell. Merch is like a hugely important aspect of putting on shows. If I didn't hire a film crew, and if I wasn't hiring somebody to like mix the whole show, you know, I made four hundred thirty-five dollars on the show because of merch. I would have only made one hundred forty bucks, which would not have come close to covering the amount of work it was to promote the show. Also, remember, I like if we're if we're gonna get nitpicky here, I spent twenty bucks on a Facebook ad too, so. It's really four hundred and fifteen bucks that I made. That and then that money, like I said, will go to pay Tucker for who was on the show. Yeah, Adam Tucker, the engineer that I talked to on, on how musicians make it. He talked about how uh, owning your own studio. He just he bought the building for his new studio. It's really cool. So he owns the building. So he's not just gonna get kicked out if somebody wants to sell the building. That happens to studios all the time. Go listen to that episode. That's a good episode. Uh so, yeah, I'm going to have to pay him. But, like, you know, it's like I would have made over $400 on the show, which if I were local and not driving there, if I wasn't mixing a whole thing and paying somebody for it, like, that's good bread. That's good bread. That's that's doable bread. And that's all because of the merch. What I'd really like in the future is to have a little more of a clear understanding on, like, what the cap of the space is going to be. How many tickets it's going to take. Like, I I knew going in, but knowing that there's a couple shows against you, it's a Friday night, it's the heat of summer, there's so many events happening in the Twin Cities, people are traveling. It's like, you know, it's harder to get 200 people out to a show like that, 250 people. But man, if I could have got 200 people, it's like we all could have made significantly more bread. So I'm living and I'm learning. But that's the five-seven-nine deal. If somebody comes, if you come across that deal, just know going into it, you gotta sell a lot of tickets. You gotta sell a lot of tickets to make some money. If we were a four-piece band, a five-piece band, and we sold 150 tickets, and we got eighteen hundred bucks, now we're talking. I can pay everybody in the band two hundred fifty dollars, three hundred dollars, three six nine twelve, and I can still make. 600 some dollars myself if I wanted to take 10% or 15% as a uh, as a leader fee which is normal. I I didn't do that for so many years. I never took a leader fee for anything I booked. And that was because I just wanted to pay everybody as much money as possible. I wanted everybody to always feel good about the thing. I wanted to be very transparent. But you can be transparent and still take a leader fee and I'm learning that. I'm learning that now. And it's necessary. There's so much work that goes into putting together a show like this to organizing it. Everybody else in the band, they show up to rehearsal. I mean, maybe they're shutting the music ahead of time. They show up to rehearsal. They rehearse the music. They show up to the gig. They play the music. That's that's the extent of what they have to do. And what I had to do was far greater than that, just in terms of administrative stuff, just in terms of organizing things, but also in terms of getting charts ready, making sure all the books are packed with the charts, getting in a a space where we can rehearse, renting it out. Oh, that's right. I got to pay the place to where we rehearse too. And I pay, I have to pay the photographer for the photo that was used. So I'm I'm losing money like crazy on this. (laughs) I forgot about those two things. Ah, darn it. We used a photo by a photographer to promote the show. And like crooners ended up using it on their website. And my buddy who created some imagery for me ended up using it. And it was one of those things where I sent multiple photos and that was one of them. And they ended up using that and and I hadn't purchased it from the photographer. So like that person definitely deserved to get paid, but I'm paying her 110 bucks for the for the photo. And then I got to pay Jazz Central for the rehearsal space where the band rehearsed, which was going to be around 75 bucks. So, another expense, not crazy, but necessary for the band to be able to get together and work in a space that is conducive to a large band. So that's what goes into being a band leader. Uh, but I get, I get a lot of the glory too, you know? It's like when people hear the stuff and they go, wow, Adam, you did that thing? I'm like, yeah, I did that thing. And that also probably got me the gig. I mean, like almost certainly got me the gig at Michigan Tech to, to run the jazz program. So I got this like salary gig, which some people call academia, like the modern record label deal for people like me. It's sort of like that you know it's like I'm making good money at this gig and there's no way I would have gotten this job had I not had my own big band that I recorded all my own music with and did a bunch of shows with and all that so that's it basically those are the numbers if you have any questions you can always email me adam at gigbossapp.com the show is brought to you by gigboss app gigboss is an organizational tool for freelance musicians and band leaders organize your schedules organize your finances do it all in one place It's free right now, so get on it. It's on iOS and Android. It's a phone app only, no web app. When I'm on the road, I don't even bring my computer. I don't even look at it. I only use my phone. That's why we wanted to do a phone app first. All right, that's it. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope that looking under the hood with the Adam Eckler Orchestra show at Crooners on August 4th, 2023 gives you a little bit of insight into what it's like to run a large band like that. And gives you some ammunition for the next time that you book a show. Or at least gives you some idea of how to handle it. Or how not to handle it. Learn from my mistakes, people. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you very much. See you next time.